0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more
1: shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, good people of the interwebs. I am back and I'm here to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid. If you missed the last episode, that one was from the founder, owner, CEO, all that stuff of Sinusoid, Mr. Andy Kim. He's a wonderful dude. Providing wonderful products to all you wonderful people. And they've been a long time sponsor of the show and, I mean, 100 year warranty on the cables, top notch customer service, excellent products as I said before, and the ability to create any kind of cable you can think of in their custom cable d- builder, the d- the d- builder Huh. Losing it, guys. Um, or if you don't see it there, you can email them. It's all, if they don't have it on the website, there's a good chance they can figure out how to get what you need. So go to sinusoid.com, support the show, support them, and, and treat yourself. Most importantly, treat yourself. This episode is also brought to you by the Fear the Riff Expo. Coming at you, New York City, August 11th. That's a Saturday. On, in August this year. I had to mix it up a little bit. So I'll be flying down. We'll probably be doing some, uh, some more Tone Mob VIP type stuff for uh, all of you wonderful people. So shoot me an email at info at tonemob.com. We'll make sure and make the arrangements for that. Uh, again, Fear the Riff Expo, Brooklyn, New York. We got all kinds of amazing companies going to be there. We got Fender. We got, uh, boy, I can't even remember. There's so many. Fuzrocius is gonna be there, Boss is gonna be there, Earthquaker, I mean the list is the list is huge, so come on down and let's do a little fist bump. Fear the Riff Expo, Saturday, august eleventh. Be there or be square. Okay, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host Blake Wylan, and with me today I have none other than longtime ToneMob dude, community it's member. Me. What what do we want to call it? Uh, uh, Sean Wright but... of Lollygagger Effects. Yeah,
0: instigator. No, <laughs> instigator. <laughs> no, no. Hey, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. How are you?
0: You know, as we were just talking briefly, yeah, before, I'm trying to not be angry about how hot it is considering how cold it was this winter.
1: Yeah. Kind of in the same boat. You know, it's like, I, you know, hey, I didn't, if I wanted to live in California, I'd live in California. You know? So <laughs> That's cool. true. Just all of a sudden decided to be 90 degrees or something <laughs> ridiculous.
0: And yeah, I'm pretty close here, too. Yeah.
1: Where where is here for the listeners? I know I'm gonna ask you a lot of questions today that I already know the answer to, just because we've interacted yeah. in the Facebook communities and whatnot for so long. But But uh, this is
0: for the listeners, yes.
1: That's right. So
0: I am know. based in uh northern Michigan. Um if you were to look at the mitt, I'm by the pinky.
1: Okay. <laughs> it is a myth, you can tell isn't people,
0: it? Yeah, you can tell people from Michigan cuz they pointed our hand when they tell you where you uh, where you're from.
1: <laughs> That's funny. I never noticed yes. that. That must be a very local thing. I've never it's heard of that. It's a very
0: before. Michigan thing. Yes, yes. Nice.
1: Born and raised? Uh,
0: born and raised in Michigan, but I was born uh uh outside of greater Detroit and then uh, we moved up to northern Michigan, I think in 77 I think so for the most part most of my uh childhood and
1: uh, of course my adulthood right here mm-hmm. nice nice well why don't we start off like uh that's probably a good place to start off would be um the classic uh, what's your musical backstory and how did it get you to kind of doing the things you're doing today
0: uh musical backstory uh I had a couple of friends in high school, uh, matter of fact, uh, one of my good friends who I'm still friends with, uh, had a really cool guitar, and I would go over to his house and he would jam, and I was like, I want to play guitar, that's really cool, and then I tried playing guitar, and I'm like, I'm really bad at this, so then, for some reason, thought if I'm bad at guitar, I could probably be better at drums. Which That's... is not the case at all. <laughs> <laughs> was
1: that was a horrible story. drummer. Yes.
0: Yeah, horrible, horrible drummer. So uh I think I just bit down and, and uh figured out the guitar thing. And me and my brother both play. So um it was kinda cool to have somebody growing up that you could jam with. Um and then, you know, like your typical thing, uh, you know, high school bands, uh swapping gear. Uh, you know, all the stuff that, you know, we all do. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much up until my twenties. Mm-hmm. So.
1: And, and then, then what?
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. You're, you want me to I, the story, do the
1: long haul. The, long well, haul. you know, the story doesn't end there.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously. that's true. Um, what I, I ended up, uh, I went to school with my wife and, uh, we were friends for probably 10, 11 years, and uh, we started dating, and we got married, and then one day, miserable at my job, her waiting to do something new, uh, a change, and then I moved to Minnesota... And got a degree in uh, uh, electronics, uh, specifically music electronics, and I got my associates there. So that's where my electronic background of uh, gear comes from.
1: I see, I see. And I, I know, like, um, you do. You did. You didn't stay in the music electronics, though. You worked, didn't you? Work for. Uh seems like I remember you posting somewhere you you worked for a company that was well known for a yeah, while I worked, in the,
0: yeah i work I, I when i got out of school um it, by that time uh we had had my daughter um and there are never mistakes or surprises that's and right. we, we had a surprise so that kind of cut my uh invitation to be a glorified roadie at the time so um, I ended up doing a lot of tech work for a lot of different stores uh, in, in Minnesota. But then we moved back to Michigan, and I did a lot of tech work there as well. But one of my first jobs is uh, I got a job with uh, Naylor Amplification.
1: That's right. Did, That's right.
0: Yeah. Yep. And I did that for a while. And for the longest time, for me, I was always in my school. It was very comprehensive, uh, you know, the first year uh you learned just essentially just electronics and then the second year was uh based on the theory uh learning more skills but also doing a lot of hands-on stuff and a lot of people gravitated toward the digital stuff i mean because this is what 98 97 and you know digital was just starting to really become a useful product as opposed to a toy and right. so everybody wanted to do digital. I just wanted to play with old basements. I mean, it's like <laughs> I'm an analog guy. So I I wanted to do amplifiers. That was my thing. And I, and I, between doing the tech work, mods, uh, building some myself, and then working for Naylor, and then later on working for Gytron, uh, you know, I got my fill on that. And uh, by that time, uh, baby number two came along, and that's, and we were living downstairs at the time, and then we moved up north. And then I realized you can't make a living doing that and having two children. So I basically <laughs> bowed out and went into the industrial electronics field, which is okay. what I'm still doing to
1: this day. Right. But also, something else <laughs> a little something called lollygagger effects yeah. came along.
0: How, well, did the, and then, how
1: did that come about?
0: Well, like I said, I've been wanting to do uh, build amps and uh, and you know um, a little foreshadowing. Uh, we will be there sometime, just not right now. But nice. What what I wanted to do was get my foot in the door, and after years and years of mods, tearing apart all the old and vintage gear, and seeing what was good and what was not, or maybe something good but could be better. Uh, I'd had all these ideas in my head, and I'd said, what the heck, I'm going to design um, a new pedal. And what I came up with was the concept for the uh, canalia. Mm-hmm. which was which was our big foray. And doing that and having those units sell, I basically kind of made a company. I didn't really set out to make a company as much as I just wanted to make some product. Right. Um But, you know, after so many people keep, you know, I guess a bad word would be hound, but, you know, saying, like, <laughs> I want one, I want one, I want one. So we started the company in 2012. Mm-hmm. And um but the first two years was really basically on a hobby level. I mean, that was I would when I had time or I would tell people X amount of weeks because, you know, I got other stuff I got to do, too. And it wasn't until like 2016, late 15, that, uh, you know, we turned in uh, LLC and then we became more uh involved in putting the product out and that's kind of when Colette, my wife, came aboard and it was a godsend because even though, and I, I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but uh, the you know the exterior concept of Vol Gager, she has way more aesthetic design and quality than I do. So mm-hmm. it really worked out where she could do that. And I can do the design, circuitry, and the insides, and the assembly, and all that.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, for those that don't know, maybe we can kind of talk about the outside of them and what uh, is different about them compared to most companies.
0: Well, uh, it's obviously it's not anything new. Um, what the only thing kind of new about it is that we decided to do it in a production run. Is that our flagship our canalia is in a wooden enclosure and it's cnc cut so it's got bracing and so the strength factor is it's very hardy we don't have any problems with uh, any you know destruction i mean unless you wear jack boots and you jump up and down on it 150 times but it's a uh, real durable and then the, we wanted to do some really cool aesthetic looking things. And that's when Collect came in. And then we started doing figured tops. So we right now have a special line, which is our figured wood line. And then we have a uh, standard line, uh, which is just hard rock maple. Uh, it still looks beautiful. You just don't have the, uh, uh the added bling that you would with the special.
1: Right. I mean, it seems like I recall somewhere that, uh, there was some concerns about it being wood raised, and you responded by parking a vehicle on it.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, (laughs) it's, 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 it's funny because, you know, I I was mowing the lawn, and it was a hot day for spring, and I had a couple barley pops, (laughs) and when I, when I have a few beers, I start thinking in my head, and, uh. Oh, by the way, don't try this at home. Uh, oh. <laughs> I told Cole, I said, I'm, I'm really, and, and I was just kind of being a pissy about the whole thing, but it's like, I'm really tired of people giving me, uh, you know, issues about the wooden box thing. So I said, well, what the heck? So I put it, uh, drove my car up on it. Right. And I didn't even <laughs> use, I didn't even use a ramp. I, and the thing is, is that the first part of it, you can actually see the box going, across the, mm-hmm. you know, concrete, and I'm like, oh, you know, well, yeah, I'm, I'm work, trying to prove right? a point. Right, but then it, the tire finally gets up on top of it, and, uh, you know, it's, I think it's roughly on that side of an axle, it's roughly about 500 pounds, if not more, mm-hmm. and and you know, and then one guy came out and said, yeah, but it don't have switches on it, so and then I got Michael- one, and I put switches on it, and I packed <laughs> over that. It's just like it's never good enough.
1: Anybody's switch doesn't matter if it's in lo- aluminum or a wood enclosure, your switches are gonna be at risk regardless if you really are parking vehicles on your pedals.
0: <laughs> so, Correct. <I> mean. <laughs> but we, we but we were able to, you know, drive over it and it and, and it was still intact and no problems. But so the hardest part when we it, the whole thing about the wood concept came is that uh you know, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I just have these thought processes where I just kind of let myself, you know, go into a different place. And I thought, you know what? I I would like to try to do this concept. And I mm-hmm. a friend of mine who was out in California uh, at the time, he still is. I'm, I'm not using him anymore because, uh, but anyway, he, he was doing our uh he was doing woodworking actually had a nice CNC workshop in his garage and uh, I you know his name was Bob Savage and uh, I talked to Bob and over uh, probably about three or four weeks of you know back and forth and uh, we got our first demo and it looked great but there were some things that needed to be changed, nothing major. Um, but then unfortunately Bob decided he didn't want to do wood anymore. Uh, he had bad allergies. So Ah. now, so yeah, it's, it can, it can wreak havoc. So now I'm having them done a half an hour away from where I live. So it really kind of worked out. Nice. Nice. Well, they are,
1: look, they do look really good. I remember like, uh, first time you and I had any like direct online correspondence, I believe it was Mm -hmm. through Instagram and your handle was just your name. And I was like, who's this guy? And I was like, Oh, look at these pedals. And I think we had like this weird conversation where I was like, yeah, you should really make it your brand name, <laughs> you know, on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was
0: so funny because I didn't do Instagram until I heard you on the podcast about two years ago. You, I remember you being emphatic about if it wasn't for Instagram, I would not be in the position that I am right now. And I'm thinking to myself, you mean the place that shows girls doing duck faces and (laughs) mom's apple pie and i was like how is that helping you know and Mm -hmm. that's what forced me to kind of take a look at it and went oh oh, wait a minute this is a lot more different than or potential is a lot more different than i thought so that and you saying you know you should probably put your company name on there uh it was like a learning steps but uh it was a big deal for me it was it was definitely a game changer for us
1: yeah i I it's still my favorite social platform um, by a long shot, especially for the kind of stuff we do. It's a lot Mm -hmm. easier to just make your feed into what you want it to be. Granted, it's had Mm -hmm. some challenges since since I first started. I don't like it as well as I used to, but I definitely it's still my favorite platform by a long ways. It's just enjoyable to interact on for the most part. And what's weird is while there are a lot of trolls seems like a lot less for whatever reason than than other platforms and i don't know if that's because like people that follow you is mostly you know mostly because they're interested in what you're doing so they're not going to you know have a bunch of negative things to say or what don't get me wrong there's there there can be like anything but it's just like i get i just very seldom get told to kill myself on there versus some other <laughs> versus <laughs> well, youtube or something
0: well i got to tell you i i think it's uh, um um each social uh, platform has kind of different kind of vibes. I think the vibe on Instagram is is a really healthy vibe. I mean, yeah, you'll get your, you know, your asses that say stuff sometimes, but I think the community in itself is kind of polices itself. So you don't get nearly as much as that as you would like. I mean, uh, Twitter and YouTube are like, they're like the Wild West. There are no sheriffs. There's, it's like you know anything goes, and I, that's why I I pretty much just limit myself from that because uh, it. I mean, I understand there are people that have to use those platforms for whatever they're doing, but yeah. uh, I I just don't go down that road. It to me is, it's like uh, it, it's all I can do to just keep on top of the little stuff that I do <laughs> right now. You know.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, I, I see why those other ones are important and YouTube, especially because it's like just, you know, it's like having your, you know, literally having your own TV channel. Basically, Mm -hmm. I understand why it's important and I uh, for brands and businesses to do that. But like on a personal daily use, my use for YouTube is to go to see the video I wanted to see. uh, Mm -hmm. And then that's it. (laughs) Like, It doesn't go in. I don't don't like to read the comments unless I absolutely have to. They get they get right, I, you.
0: Yeah, and I rarely ever rabbit hole on YouTube. I go, like, I go there like shopping. I go there, I get my milk and bread, and then I go home. You yes. Know, I don't go, let's go browse in this aisle because you, you don't know what you're going to find. And you're like, wow, I just wasted an hour trying to figure out what this guy was doing. And then, that yeah, no. I'm in <laughs> and I'm out.
1: Yeah. That's that's pretty much what I do, too. But I know lots of people that use it as a like their main entertainment source. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. It's it's just not not how I use it, I guess. I mean, honestly, like no, music and, and podcasts are my main forms of it's audio yeah. for me more than video. And when I want to watch a, a video, I'll, I'll watch one. But, you know, most of my most of my entertainment is is audio for me.
0: Well, and I think it's a generational thing too. I mean, I know you're younger than me, but you're still to the point that uh, you didn't grow up with YouTube, uh, right? As opposed to like my son, who grew up on YouTube and everything is YouTube. I mean, he's on it, you know. Uh, you know, it's like Snapchat. He's on that constantly, and uh, I think I, I think we aged out of those. You know, so it's that's probably <laughs> one of the reasons too.
1: You might, you might be right. I mean, I remember when YouTube first became a thing and I was like, this is great. Anybody can put whatever they want on here. And, uh, and I, you know, I got a lot of mileage out of it even early on, but I still used it the same way. It was like how to change, uh, spark plugs in a whatever, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then fa- yep. found it. Okay. There's my information, you know, and then of course, of course it materialized into Watch Andy play fuzz pedals. I could rabbit hole that <laughs> for a while. I could. I yes, I have done that. did that.
0: Yeah, I have done that. I've I've gone on like a, a a pedal safari, and then normally you get about four or five videos. But I've been on ones that were oh my god, there's twenty pedal on this videos on this pedal, and I'll just go through all of them. You know, and mm-hmm. by that time it's like it's eleven o'clock at night and I think my wife went to bed or I was like, oh, man, I got to get to <laughs> I gotta go yeah. to bed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was there was lots of times, you know, um, at, at my old job where, you know, some of the, the main part of the job was just making sure nothing was going to explode. So as long as nothing weird was happening, happen, you were kind of free to read. you No, know, this isn't at all times. This is just during certain activities. Sure. But like sure. Uh, you, you were kind of free to like you read a book or, you know watch training videos or get on YouTube or whatever, as long as you could get to the shutdown button in the time <laughs> in a timely fashion, <laughs> you know, yes. like, that's all yes. that, that was required. Um, and so, yeah, I got, I did do some pretty deep dive, especially early on when I found out pedal demos were a thing like, whoa, like just <laughs> pouring through, pro guitar shop videos and, and, you know, Mike Herman's and all the ones that were kind of like the first generation of, you know, well-known YouTube review guys, I guess, um, or demo guys rather. I,
0: I think mine was more along the lines of, uh, I think I didn't get a computer, I think until like 97 or 98, I think. And my thing was, uh, Going to all the sites that had schematics, I still have ring binders, four or five of them that are probably 150 pages in each. You know, which Mm -hmm. was funny because if you think about it, it's like, well, it is the internet. That stuff will still be on there, Sean. (laughs) You know, but you know, (laughs) I'm just like, I'm just like, I need this in paper form, but. Uh, that was my thing. That was my deep dive. It was you know, and and it was you know. Uh, I started when I got out of school. I got out about the same time where you know you had uh, you know the big three uh, boutique guys were coming out. You know, and uh, they were starting to take some of those older designs and doing the things that you know. I eventually started going into about let's take this and let's fix this part of it. Let's increase this blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. now you can't find this anymore, but guess what? Now you can, and we're selling. it. So,
1: Right. So that you said something interesting there. You said the big three, as far as, you know, quote unquote boutique who around that time, would you consider to be the big three? Oh, in your, boy. in your eyes. Uh,
0: in, in my eyes. Well, uh, I would definitely say, uh, Healy was there only because he did that compressor. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on with that. Um, and then there's uh, obviously um, um, Mike, you know, doing oh. his thing.
1: Yeah. 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 And full, then full there's uh, Mike Fuller. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was doing his thing. And then there's, uh, you know, the the, the king of... Uh, of just doing it the right way, um, um. Boy, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> he has the sun. F- he 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 has the sun face, and he has the uh, An- analog man. Thank you, analog man. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. To analog me,
1: Mike. Those,
0: yeah, those those guys were uh, the big three for me at the time. Um, and then there was obviously like the. Dozens of guys like Justin Philpott, uh, you know, uh, there was, you know, uh, Aaron and all those guys were had these websites. And I tell you what, I am saddened by the fact that Aaron Nelson, uh, people should give him residuals. I swear. I mean, that guy uh, selflessly gave out all this info about being a, you know, hobbyist uh, pedal builder. And mm-hmm. a lot of these guys took that info and, you know, he put it out there. But they they started companies. And if it wasn't for him, uh, yeah, it'd be crazy. I mean, it, it wouldn't be like it is what it is right now.
1: Now, I, I'm actually not familiar with, with that name as far as what you're talking about. What website did he run?
0: Uh, he ran, uh, he did Effects.
1: Okay, got it. Uh, I know. Th- I know yeah, the Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, those are, I mean, really comes down to like, well, good example. Uh, Everybody came out with, uh, you know, a fat booster, you know, it's like uh, this, you know, in either a part of a circuit or is just the whole circuit itself. And he's a guy that was doing it first, you know. hmm and everyone took his designs, and they did their thing, and that's what a lot of pedal builders do, you know. Um, you, you borrow a little here, borrow a little there. I mean, nothing is original. Uh, I like to try to tell people that that there's always some degree of some kind of part of a circuit, just because you need to amplify something, you need to have the circuit involved, you know. But well, like, uh, there's I'm-
1: there's only so many ways to create you know create gain or amplify the signal yeah right
0: yeah yeah there's there's only so many ways you can do that so to me i i don't um i don't have a problem with that at all i mean i think there's aspects that are just commonplace to a circuit um Mm -hmm. but uh you know there's a lot of people that borrowed from him and and he put it out there and uh i don't know i just feel bad uh that that uh he tried to do a really good thing and still does. Um, but, uh, you know, some people took advantage of it.
1: Right. Right. And it seems like that, you know, it's been that way with, uh, basically any of the DIY guys, like mm-hmm. the ones that, that kind of provide a community or, a uh, you know, they're, they're well known in the DIY world. It's like, inevitably someone's going to take that and do something with it. um, and yeah. and, I, and then so, sometimes I wonder how much of it is like I'm going through this on a different project right now um, and it's not a big deal, but it's like two guys came to the same idea at the same time on some aesthetics and mm-hmm. like they didn't talk to each other. They didn't do, you know, like <laughs> no, neither right. knew what the other was doing, but they both released something like right around the same time or, or talked about it or something. I can't remember. They found out about it. And they looked at it and they're like, these look identical. (laughs) They neither had a clue. So, what I'm saying is, I wonder how much uh, of it is, you know, people having the same idea at the same time versus actually directly taking it.
0: No, that's absolutely correct. I mean, it's, I mean, there's, you know, only a certain amount of ways you can do something. So, and the same thing with aesthetically. I mean, it's like you're bound to kind of run into somebody else doing the same thing uh very honestly just because you know um especially in, the, in this day and age i mean i think with the um with the new um uh, culture of um part companies that you know special specialized for the diy community right there's there's i mean, there's you know 1959 BB, you know, Hammond box, there's only so many things you can do with that thing, you know? So it's it's colors, I mean, basically, and there's only what, how many primary colors? So, you know, that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, we got a a huge rainbow to work with, but some of them don't look good. So.
0: No, (laughs) no, no. No. (laughs) You you know, you're
1: trying to make a product that's going to appeal to customers. I don't know, like, I, I, I used to really be critical of some of that stuff. Like, Oh, this guy ripped this guy off. And sometimes it, they did. Um, right. But sometimes they just, it's just by chance, you know, I, 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 and I'm having, you know, like I said, kind of seen it firsthand. Now it's like, wow, this was just really two guys that both came up with a really good idea at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to degradate, um, the, you know, the builder force. I'm just, you know, that, that can happen. But, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of it is, you know, and another thing is like a song, like if say you heard a song when you were like 10 years old, whatever, and you had this chord progression in your head from that song, and then you're 16 and you're writing a song. And you're like, yeah, I like this riff. It's just really great. And then you don't realize subconsciously you incorporated that melody that you heard maybe once or twice. And you're like, I just wrote a song that sounds like Stairway to Heaven. What the heck was I thinking? You know. Um, and I think the same thing with when you look at so many circuits, um, you, you know, you're bound to get some ideas. You know, and mm-hmm. maybe you don't even realize it. You know, so mm-hmm. I think for the most part, I mean, we're pretty lucky. The builder community, uh, for the most part, is really super strong and it's very proactive and it's also very uh, communicative. It's a lot of, you know, the community, the talking, the helping out. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is in the other type of building schemes of guitars or amps or anything like that. But um, the builders are usually very... Uh, selfless and tend to be very uh sensitive about certain things you know like hey you know i didn't mean to step on your toes you know i'm totally cool with changing that name or whatever um and that allows us not to have many problems i think
1: yeah for sure i mean they're for the most part you know we, we've talked about that a lot on here um it's just a they're you know there's always some rotten apples, but the, the community, by and large, in just kind of, you know, boutique effects and gear in general, for the most part, is pretty positive. I mean, there's yeah, there's a few things here and there, but it's nothing like other industries where it's... No, not
0: at all. No, yeah. not at all. And, and and there's even a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of guys helping the other guys. You know, like, I'm not a modulation guy, so if I was thinking about maybe doing a modulation thing, of course I'm going to talk to some of my friends that has done modulation stuff, you know, um, of course, to give me, in, yeah, give me some insight or where should I look? What should I start on? Blah, blah, blah. And that's very much, you know, looked well upon in, in, in our community. So yeah, we don't usually have a problem with that. And that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, uh, having this as a, as a business, as a side business, is great i enjoy i I, because i do electronics for my day job and one of the reasons why i did like an old school thing with the canalia with the point-to-point and all that is i literally deal with components that look like pepper on a daily basis they're so small yeah it's a lot of you know smd stuff so I'm taking my love of what I like to do. I'm just kind of flipping it on its side and doing something different so I don't burn mm-hmm. out. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do, uh, you know, the point to point, uh, wanted to do a discrete overdrive, um, and have like, you know, the, the old school thing, but with new school technology to, you know, secure it and make it even better than would have been back in the day.
1: Mm hmm. So, how you you deal with things the size of pepper? Like how do yeah how do you solder a grain of pepper?
0: Oh man, <laughs> it's it's not easy. Well, and a lot of that stuff we we have sent out, so I don't have to do a lot of it. If I do, it's usually because I have to repair something. And mm-hmm. the problem with solder, and the problem with heat is that heat likes solder likes to follow heat. So, when you solder something and you have your tip on that solder and you try to pull that tip away, you're going to pull the part away. So, there's a lot of trying to stage something to hold the part down so you can pull away from it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I deal with small, small components every day. And I also deal with like, you know, QFPs, uh, quad flat packs, uh, you know, 100 uh, and you know, 30 pin chips and, and, and Jeez. such. Yeah. And I love it. I love what they do. Um, but I also don't want to take it home. And, right. So, but so we, we decided we wanted to do that with the Canalia and we just thought it was a good look and we went with that. Uh, with our new release, we are going to stick with the outside. Being still wood, but we are going to be using a PCB inside, uh, uh-huh. and and that allows us a couple things. It allows us to reduce the price because it is a intricate circuit, and it also allows us to because we're only introducing one color, and our new re- our new release, uh, our fuzz, our Cherry Box fuzz, uh, it'll be one color. So we'll actually be shelving these units. So oh, okay. when you want you want one, it gets shipped. So one of the downsides of doing custom stuff like we do with the Canalia is it sometimes at the very most, it's usually not more than two weeks, and lots of times it's way below that. But uh, you know, people buy something and they want it. And I I know I do. Mm-hmm. So we made a decision that we you know, and collect came down with the design. We're doing a slope front. It's going to be reminiscent of the Gary Hurst, uh, tone, tone bender. Um, and, cool. uh, yeah. And, uh, we have a really cool, uh, and we're doing it out of hickory, which people are very confused by, but the thing about hickory is it's, it's an open grain wood. And if you do a first coat of like, uh, translucent black and then do the red on top the black will soak into that grain, and it makes the grain really pop so on top of it being a, a little bit of a cheaper wood so that again brings our prices down it's a more durable wood and the aesthetic value on it's insane i mean colette worked for almost a month and a half just trying to get a color match that we really liked Mm-hmm. and uh and, and it's going to be awesome and like i said we can put it on the shelf and uh and then you know ship next day or or, or at least in 2 day mm-hmm. um so that so we're trying to keep some of the our cause, i mean our brand for the most part right now is based on we're the people that do wooden enclosures right so we want to we want to keep that but we also want to adapt and grow And, you know, be able to, you know, fine tune things so we can get stuff out to the public uh, in a timely manner and still have a really great product.
1: Mm -hmm. That'll be cool. I think that's a that's a good move. You know, like you said, people people are used to Amazon and uh, (laughs) they 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 buy things and they want it right now. Um, And I totally get it. Like you said, I do. I do the same thing. I don't really want to wait too much, you know, too terribly long. Um, right. But, uh, you know, at the same time for what you do it, I, I, and I think the canalia will always, you know, make sense to have around for the most part, you know, you just build them as you have capacity and people like that custom touch. Um, but the cherry box, (laughs) that concept, it'll be really interesting to see what that does for your brand. I think it's the right move.
0: Yeah. And the fact that we're, you know, um, and I know a lot of people say this, but for the most part, both our designs, our cherry box and our canalia are, are at least the way we're implementing them are pretty original. I mean, obviously, like I said, nothing's totally original, but the way we're implementing them, they're pretty unique designs. So I'm really excited about releasing a fuzz that doesn't sound like not many fuzzes on the market right now. Um, it, it's giving you the smoothness. And the bottom of a muff, but has a lot more mid in it, and it has, it's a lot smoother, but also having the uh, additive uh, oscillation circuit and tuning that in, you can also get your Velcro thing and, and do a whole bunch of stuff. So it's a very flexible fuzz that's, uh, has some really unique textures and sounds and tones and um, I'm really thinking a lot of people are gonna dig it um I know we do and i have worked on this damn pedal for i uh, four years now uh and i I gotta learn how to let go of things, <laughs> so I finally <laughs> did
1: It's fun you just kept you just wanted a little bit more of something a little more a little tweak here a little tweak i can I think I can get it to do this like Yep. S- sometimes it's uh it's time to be done, I know what you mean. <laughs>
0: Well, and there's a lot of times where, and you know this, it's like uh, you get your amp dialed in, it sounds great. Okay, I'm going home for the night, come in in the morning, this amp sounds like garbage.
1: Yeah, I know, yeah. it's like, what What happened? Yeah, what, ha- yeah, what yeah.
0: happened? The gremlins came in, you know? It's, yeah, you know, a lot of so it has to do with your ear. So you can get ear fatigue, and uh, so basically, I just was, I'm done, this is it, this is what we're going to have but uh i mean it's it's a really flexible fluzz. we're going to uh do a uh pre-release on it uh at the end of the month um oh, we'll cool. be announcing that yeah we are going to do a pre-release on it uh, mainly because there's a lot of people that one thing about being a small company is you get to be friends with a lot of people that have you know that you have gotten products to so this is really for our, our core of people that have supported us and has spread the word so you know they can get in at a really great price that we will never ever ever sell again at this price and then uh, you know get to the people that you know supported us and then you know uh we'll have a release uh soon after that and uh, so yeah we're really excited about that
1: that's very cool very, yeah. very cool, yeah, I know you've been working on that thing for a long time. you've kind of sent me little snippets here and there for I mean, I didn't know it was four years, but the last year or so, I've known of its existence I think um so I know you've been working yeah. on it for quite some time i just I didn't yeah. know that it was almost finally like coming around the the corner, so good timing.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, and, and, and like I said, it, a lot of it, um, we, you know, the circuit's been done probably for about two months, three months now. A lot of it was just trying to, I mean, we decided we wanted to do a different type of enclosure. So it's not like you just get on the CNC machine and, you know, let's cut something. You know, there's a lot of right. design. <laughs> You know, a lot of figuring out, okay, can this pot go here? Well, there's a jacks in the way, so I can't do that. Um, and then, like I said, the uh, the concept. And once uh, Colette got that done, you know, doing the coloring as well. Um, so, yeah, I really, we're right around the corner. And uh, I need to send out a few for some uh, our demo peeps. And as soon as they get them and they get their stuff in the can... And then we're going to make our release date, our pre, uh, pre-release date known. Nice. That's very yeah, cool. We want people to hear it before they, it's like, looks great, but you know, a lot of people want to hear what something looks like or, you know, hear it too. So we, we want to make sure the whole package is out there so people can make a you know, uh, decision on what they think it's uh, up their alley or not.
1: Right. Right. And you know what? I got to say, uh, I really love demo guys. They've completely changed the buying experience for guitar pedals. Because I can almost, like, if there's enough demos by enough guys, I can almost guarantee if I'm going to like something or not. <laughs> like, yeah. well, without yeah, or at least
0: Yeah, or at least you'll know, like, okay, I can still have interest in this. Because what I'm hearing is, you know, or as opposed to, I think that would be cool. And then you see two or three demos, you're like, this is just not my thing. You know, it yeah. helps.
1: It's it's really helpful. I I and plus you know all the ones that like you or I would point anyone to to send stuff to. Like there's so many good players. It's just another outlet to hear. Uh, it it's kind of weird to think about, but it's actually another outlet just to hear music at times. You that's know, true. you listen to the pedal, but it's like there's a song. You know, who yeah. doesn't like listening to songs? So that's true. It's a So it's uh the Internet's weird. Like we were talking about YouTube comments and stuff being atrocious. But like overall, you know, let's stuff like this happen and, you know, let's the communities kind of pop up and be able to engage with people you never would have talked to otherwise. So it's just like, I don't know. I think overall the Internet's a good thing. We just have to figure out how to not be jerks on it and then we'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think for the most part the internet's a really good thing. Uh, you know, just stay. We gotta be cool with each other and and sometimes, you know, if you don't feed the dog, it won't bug you. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Yeah. This is funny. This is like, I told you I was recording a Chasing Tone earlier um, with Brian and we had the same kind of conversation. Like, like, I think the internet is still so such a new way of communicating that some people mm-hmm. still haven't figured out That you can't, you can't yell and call people names and scream at them on the internet and think everyone's going to be okay with it. Because like, how often do you walk through a store and see people doing that? Like, exactly. Yeah. You could totally disagree with that guy, but like, you're not going to say anything to him because, you know, you could end up in a fist fight (laughs) It's just (laughs) somehow this cushion.
0: Yeah, and and before it was like uh the concept of it was well you had all all this anonymity but even now when things are really open y- y- people still are because it's kind of like I'm 2000 miles from you, you know, so I'm just going to say whatever I want to say and I don't care who you th- if you know me or not. I'm never going to meet you again or whatever, you know. I think just people need to you know, take a little bit of stock and just (laughs) being a human and treating people like humans and Mm -hmm. not, and and I get heated. I've said some preheated things before, but I, for the most part, I'm not a huge instigator. I think to me, those are, those are people that are either lonely or bored or both. And I, I just don't, I'm not into that.
1: Yeah. And I honestly sometimes think it's, it's, um, People don't necessarily know, like, I've talked to a lot of guys that, that, like, even when you talk to them, it's super cool. But, like, sometimes they don't realize how they sound when they're, ty- or how it appears when they're typing. That's something. true. Like, That's true. the emojis were invented for a reason. <laughs> <Like> sometimes, <laughs> yes. Sometimes you can't, like, you can't detect sarcasm. You know what I mean? Like. Right. I mean, you can, if you, if you sort of know the person. Um, right but if you don't and you can't hear the sound of their voice you don't know like (laughs) they could be making a joke and you think they're calling you something horrible when they're totally not I don't know it's a it's a weird thing I still think that it's such a foreign way to communicate for people that we haven't as humans totally figured out how to use it yet because for whoever knows how many years the internet didn't exist you had to talk Mm -hmm. on the phone or face to face Like, an angry letter was as close as you could get to an internet message. And people still had to take time and think about those when they were writing them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of it, you know, body language and tone of voice really come into play on, uh, you know, somebody's true, you know, whether someone is, you know, I can tell this person's pissed at me, even though they're saying they're not pissed at me, you know.
1: (laughs) Right, Um, right.
0: Yeah, as opposed to when you write it down, it could be anything, you know?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, bless your heart, John. Like, uh-oh, what's that mean? <laughs> yeah, what's that mean? <laughs> he hates me. He hates yeah. me. He, like, he actually wants to murder me in my sleep. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. See me? I'm going to see that guy outside my window with a shotgun. I just know it. He, <sighs> blessed, my oh, he blessed my heart.
0: He bless my heart. And I hope to die.
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> hope to. I don't
0: hope no, to. I don't I hope not to either.
1: Um, let's see. I know you and I have talked about a lot, um, but I know that that we are similarly passionate about food. Uh, yes. and I know we talk mostly talk about pizza on here and we'll uh, we'll get to that. But I, right. I, I seem to recall that you're quite the barbecue fan as well. And so am I. So yes, is, is that an accurate statement?
0: That's very, and well, and we need to, we need to step back for our friends that are in the South. We are, we are passionate about grilling. Oh, because <laughs> barbecue okay. is one thing. Grilling is quite another. And this is uh, a good, I have, this is a
1: good point. Good
0: point. I have friends and family and, uh, yeah, you don't you don't say barbecue when you're grilling. Although I don't care, but they obviously do. But uh, so yes, we're we're big fans of of grilling.
1: <laughs> grilling, yes, and I mean I am a big fan of barbecue. Although I probably do it in the cheating way with a pellet smoker. So yeah. I don't know if the, I, do I don't so. know how I don't know how legit that is for the the southern listeners. Does it need it to be in like a, a pit?
0: Nah, it doesn't have to be. I mean, if it tastes legit, and I'm not, um, there are a lot of people that have a tendency to want to pick on the nth degree. My thing is, if you're making something you dig, and it tastes good, and you like it, that's all that matters. I mean, half of the thing about barbecuing or grilling or whatever is that you're creating something, and you're outside, and like here in Michigan, uh, we grill 365 i mean we're i'm in february i'm out in my grill uh grilling chicken breast because i just enjoy it and that's what i like um, yeah I, same just, here yeah so it's to me it's about enjoying the weather enjoying what you're doing uh and then the food is just the bonus part that's the great thing
1: it it's it it's an oddly satisfying thing to uh bring in you know well, whatever it happens to be, I, I, I really like cooking brisket and stuff and, and pork and whatever. But like when you mm-hmm. bring that in and everyone's like, Ooh, yeah, time to yeah. go. It's like it's very weird sense of accomplishment. Like, <laughs> well, something I, I never really lot- thought about till recently.
0: Well, and I think a lot about a uh, part of it is that we, uh, as a society, and I'm not trying to make this, uh, let's pick on humanity day. But we as a society are so ingrained in our head to get things now. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: part of grilling to me is like it's the anticipation of the amount of work that you're putting into it. So when you sit down and you eat this meal, it tastes better, not just because you cooked it or you have a great marinade, but it tastes better because you had to be involved with this this meal as opposed Mm -hmm. to when you go to McDonald's, you are not at all involved with anything that goes in that meal. And and, and simply not just because it it's, doesn't taste good, but it even tastes that much worse because of the fact that you didn't do anything with this, you know?
1: That's a good point. I think uh, the sometimes the labor is a reward in and of itself, and that applies with a lot of things, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, whether you're building pedals or, you know, building my son's tree fort. It's like, get done and look the thing it's like yep I did that it's like a weird I think it's like a weird human thing because like everybody like you know you can do like work on on the internet and like digitally and stuff and it's is legitimate and and uh, difficult work at times you know graphic design and all that stuff but True. like sometimes like a physical thing that you've put together you get done and it's like yep all the plumbing works now as much as that wasn't fun When you turn the faucet on and it works, it's kind of like, ha, look at that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, you know, I have accomplished something, especially if it's something you haven't done before. You know, like I didn't think in my right mind that I would be able to to do that. And I did. And okay, that's another thing that I could put in my toolbox that I know how to do, or at least have an idea uh, of how to do it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I totally, I just, it's like when you buy your first amp. You know, your first really good amp, I remember I saved money for a long, long, long time. So when you bought that amplifier, I mean, there was an amount of blood, sweat, and tears that went in getting that amp. I mean, it's like, you know, working at really bad jobs, uh, dealing with friends that had better gear, and you were saving up. So when you you purchased that, that gear purchase, it just made you appreciate it. That much more as opposed to someone giving it to you, which is cool, but it doesn't have that sentimental value or that, uh, that, uh, pricelessness of, of that piece of gear because of what you put into it.
1: Yeah, I think it's that way for, I think it's literally that way for anything, anything that you've tried really hard to achieve or get or do, um, versus it kind of fallen from the sky. like universally i even i can think of things with myself that's like things i had to work really hard for definitely take better care of and you know and think about more and care about more than just uh, you know random mm-hmm. freebies you know like and like you say it's it's good it's nice but and i'm not just talking about gear i'm talking about like everything anything you yeah, had to totally work really right. hard for is much more enjoyable somehow just yeah. just because of the fact that you did
0: I I didn't think we were going
1: to go there with the grilling conversation, but I like it anyway. I'm glad we did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's really cool. I I, I just think it's uh, yeah. more people need to have that, that point of view. I think, you know, Uh, look look at the journey. Don't look at the destination. Sometimes
1: that's true. And I think that most people innate, like inherently know that in their bones, it's just not something that is thought about. Mm -hmm. Like I think almost anybody can point to something in their life that they had to put in some sweat for and they, you know, they know what we're talking about. I think everyone knows what we're talking about. Absolutely. So we are getting to near the end since we, uh, we didn't talk about this yet, but well, you and I have talked about it many times, but Mm -hmm. the listeners haven't. So Sean, uh, what kind of pizza do you like?
0: All right. There's, I have two answers for this. Okay. And I need to be cut a little bit slack because I'll explain it to you in a second. Okay. My my favorite pizza is I'm a big margarita fan. Okay. Okay. And and my buddy Paulie has an outside uh, superly efficiently engineered pizza oven. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it's and he and he has you know wood in it. And he doesn't use any external or internal heating. He chops his wood, he puts it in. It takes about two hours to get up to heat. And I have a video somewhere, I should post it again. We cooked a pizza in ninety seconds.
1: Oh, I remember that. It was like a year ago or something.
0: Yeah. It's you know, it got up to about eight hundred degrees. So he puts he brings the peel out, he peels it out to the on, on the bricks. Uh Shakes it around maybe once or twice to to the sides because the fire is off to the left, mm-hmm. um, and but that to me, the ingredients, his his dough, his sauce, but that that uh, taste you you can't get away from. Mm. Uh, so I gotta say that's my favorite. Uh, regular pizza at, at like a pizza joint and stuff. You know what? I am not a purist. I I, I like a salad on my pizza. And I know people just, they dog me for it, but I'm the big Supreme guy. I like, you know, I like my peppers, I like my onions. Uh, hamburger does not belong on a pizza. It does not belong on a pizza. Oh, and when I right. think so, is wrong. It doesn't oh, belong on a pizza. I'm wrong. But, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, mushrooms, pepperoni, sausage, you know, and... Uh, Black olives. That's me. Mm. That's my pizza. That's what I, I like, like.
1: I like that too. I would totally eat that pizza. I, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I like. I go on both sides of the equation. I'll have pizzas like what you just had, and then mm-hmm. sometimes just just pepperoni is what I need, or just just cheese. If I'm like, I could do just cheese on like a good New York slice.
0: That's but, the thing. You can you can do like a really like you know my buddy Paulie makes very mm-hmm. simplistic pizzas. But it's okay because you're you're having the great bread, uh, you you know you got the sauce and you get some cheese and some basil and some tomato slices and that's it. That's all you need and it tastes like heaven. So can, it just depends can I come on to what Paulie's kind house. Yo, oh, yeah. <laughs> he also makes killer goat cheese too, and we have that on the pizza Ooh. too. So yeah, he's 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 the bomb.
1: All of this sounds great to me. I love all of that. <laughs>
0: yeah other than like you know any fool that puts pineapple on a pizza, I think pretty much anything can be on a pizza
1: i i mean what what is that even
0: can <laughs> yeah, just I'm just taking a dig hey whatever <laughs> whatever you whatever floats your boat on whatever you eat or whatever you cook, I'm all for it, man as long as it doesn't require you hurting uh dogs or humans or or elephants uh put it on your pizza, man.
1: <laughs> put it on, put it on your pizza. No elephant yep. pizza, though.
0: Yeah, no elephant pizza, no dog pizza, no human pizza.
1: Human pizza is the best. You ever tried it? No, no, I oh, haven't had and, long. Pork. Oh, I shouldn't have said that on the air. This is going to be awkward. I'm gonna have some explaining to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't. Anybody seen?
1: You. Anybody seen Jess? I haven't seen him in a while. Oh. Yeah, <laughs>
0: where is that guy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that got weird. But that's what we do around here. Well, Sean, do you have any last little uh, thoughts, notes, uh, things that people should know about you or about your company or about uh, anything? This is your your moment to shine.
0: Um, You know, we uh, have been basically a one pedal company for a while now, and that was by design. Um, We are going to be releasing four pedals in the next year um when obviously is coming up here soon we'll have another release at the end of summer and then we'll have two releases uh m- one probably around after christmas and then one about this time next year so we are going to turn into a multi-pedal company so uh get ready
1: because here we come that's awesome awesome yep. well where uh where can everyone find you and your stuff where do they go you on the can, internet?
0: You go on the interwebs. We have our, our Facebook, uh, AllowGagerFX. Uh, we are on Instagram, which is our favorite, uh, f- social media platform, uh, Effects. And then you can go to our website, uh, com. All right.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Sean. We've been trying to do this for a long time. I'm finally glad that, uh, glad that we were finally able to make it happen. So yeah,
0: me you. too. Hey man, we got it's, it's a busy world, man. We you, you do what you can do.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, we finally did it. We finally did it. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, for Sean, this is Blake and as always, good luck and good tones. All right, folks. That does it for this episode. As always, thank you very much for tuning in. Been getting a lot of good feedback lately and that brings a brings a little warm and fuzziness to the old heart. So keep it coming if you need anything if I can be of any assistance feel free to reach out on all the socials or info at tonemob.com I'll try to be of service in any way that I can but thanks for tuning in don't forget to check out the Facebook group if you're feeling like uh, you want a little a little more fuzz in your life where that's what we're there for so it's just the tone mob you'll find it You know, we have a few questions to try to keep the spam bots out and then you're in and partying. So have yourself a good one. Talk to you next time. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company and I really do think they're making the best products on the market.